Take care of your mind and your body, and your mind and body will take care of you. I've always stood by the saying, and I truly believe that one's mental health is incredibly important in order to live a healthy, happy, and fulfilling life. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about mental health in terms of what it means to us, why it's important, and all the layers that comes with it. For myself, I'm a huge advocate for mental health and I'm passionate about supporting those dealing with their own struggles, which is why I'm really excited to talk about this on my episode or on my podcast. I messed up already. <laughs> and the we I am referring to is an old friend of mine whom I've known since high school for like nine or 10 years or so, who goes by the name of David. Hey, you're listening to Caffeine Out with myself, Yuda Maharaj. Before we begin today's episode, I want to introduce you to my friend David. Like I said, I've known him for years since high school. We met during drama times, and ever since then, we've kind of kept on in contact with social media. So before we go into the episode, I, I want to introduce you to David. So hello, David. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good. We did have a conversation before this, and we kind of like talked it all out, but we're both okay. Um, yeah. I guess you can talk about yourself. Like, who are you? What are you doing in life? Um, yeah, so I'm David. I, I currently work in construction. I'm 25 years old, and uh, <laughs> I live in St. Catharines. Um, so, like, I have a lot of hobbies. I have a lot of things that I like to, to do. Like, I write short stories that I'm going to be translating to short films or, like later this year. I... I did write music before, but I'm kind of taking a backseat on that right now. But for the most part, I'm kind of just focusing on on work and saving money and just kind of evolve, like, you know, just Mm -hmm. looking for my life and moving ahead. And because I don't want to stay in the same spot. Nobody really does. And yeah, that's that's basically it. I'm just kind of just looking forward to the future of my short films and seeing what happens with them. I just want to have fun with it and just go from there. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. So like I said... Today, we are going to be talking about mental health. David reached out to me earlier on about uh, being on the podcast, and I thought that was amazing because I love when friends of mine who I've known for years are reaching out to me and kind of reconnecting. So this is a great opportunity for us to actually reconnect again. But for mental health, I know Mm -hmm. that David um, is also passionate about mental health, and he has his own personal experiences with it, as we all do. Um, So I guess to start off, what does mental health mean to you? Oh boy. Uh, it's a, it's a um, loaded question. It's a very, it's a loaded question. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's a lot, a lot to dissect with yeah. that question. Um, to me, mental health is probably the most important part of our health that we need to look that most people kind of just push aside and don't really take care of. But I think now we live in a world where people are starting to take care of themselves more mentally, or at least trying to mm-hmm. before, before in my in our parents' generation, it was kind of like okay, deal with it and yeah. and just don't like don't let it, don't let it affect you. But it's not that simple. No, um, it really is not that simple. Uh, for for me, my mental health takes a huge toll on me, and it's it's something that just gets progressively worse as as my life goes on. And I mm-hmm. think that's the part of me and my stress levels and the fact that I take things too personally sometimes. Mm-hmm. And with mental health, there is a learning curve to it. Yeah. You're con- you're constantly learning about yourself, and you're constantly learning about ways that you can do to cope with it, and to and to basically be in a better mind, a state of mind, basically. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's it's more about finding things that 
put you in a good place. For me, uh, it's music, it's film, it's hanging out with friends, reconnecting with with old friends too. Like I actually made made that a, a effort. Yes. Last year and continuing this year, like with you, for example, just reconnecting because I think it's important. I think for for people to reconnect with people that you are friends with, even if like you know lives are changed and mm-hmm. personality change because it happens and it's inevitable and there's really nothing you could do about it. But I also, I also think that reconnecting with old friends can be an advantage and it could be a plus in, in stabilizing and, you know, making your mental health a little better. Yeah. Cause that's somebody, that's somebody that you used to be friends with. It's somebody you got along with, you used to see every day at school or whatever. And then like high school passes and you don't see them again for a while. So reconnecting with people after a long time is a huge like it it, it uplifts me. It makes me feel that's, good. That's good. Yeah, that, that's basically what mental health yeah, means to me. That's that's awesome because, like I said, you know, mental health is different for everybody. For mm-hmm. me, it's mental health. What is mental health? Of course, for me, it's literally our hard drive. In order for us mm-hmm. to function, in order for us to live your life in the in the full potential you have to take care of your mind um, in order for you to actually be able to feel the emotions you have in order to, for you to, to connect with people, to, to connect with things. So you have to actually nurture that. And um, I guess, like you said, like generations, the generations, mental health was kind of like invisible. Like, how do you know someone's hurting? How do you know someone's feeling anxious, depressed? Right. Um, how do you know any of that if it's not, you know, a visible thing on your body? Um, so I'm really, really happy that over the years, um, mental health has become more prominent, uh, much more important. And um, of course, like the Ballots Talk initiative has been introduced over the past years. It gets people talking and I guess it, it allows people to be able to connect with one another and to feel that we're not so different after all. We're all in this together. And I think it's amazing because I'm hearing stories from new people and friends of mine and opening about their struggles and whatnot. And we're like, wait, really? I did not know that. And it's amazing. The idea of mental health for me, it's like people make it seem like it's a separate entity. But if you think about it, it's really, is it an extension of who we are? Everyone has mental health. Um, the term mental health and the term mental illness are, in a way, they're synonymous, but at the same time, they're not. Everyone has mental health, meaning, you know, we have health. We have a physical body and we have a mental mind, you know what I'm saying? We all have mental health. Not everyone has mental illnesses though, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you never know. Of course, I think the way life works and the and the um, the how society evolves, you know, people have stresses, people have uh, life tragic events happening in the world. Um, it does affect us and the way we think and the way we behave and the way we act. And with that comes, you know, our mental health Ill- illnesses or challenges. Also, I do not like the word mental illness. I have a huge, like, I have a bone to pick with that word because I feel like the word illness seems like it's a negative connotation. Um, I think maybe struggles or challenges is a better word. Anyhow, that's, that's a, we can go into that later on. But um, everyone has uh, mental health challenges. It's just a natural part of living your life in this world and, and maneuvering it in, in the world. I also think that people, everybody goes through stress. That's that's the big That's the biggest proponent to having like like a like kind of like a a weaker mental well-being i mean Mm -hmm. stress there's no good stress there's no there's no there's no good kind of stress and i feel like if people let that get to them more so than it should then that's that then that's what kind of takes them over the edge a little bit because i know for me personally it's 
it's more like it gets to me. It stress is stress is just the catalyst mm-hmm. of what's to come, and what comes afterwards is self doubt. Uh, you know, you don't really know what you're worth. You question it. You question your relationships. Mm-hmm. You think about things that you would never normally think about under those circumstances, or under different circumstances, I should say. You don't think about how well you're treating somebody or how, how not well you're treating somebody if you're not stressed or if you're not in a good state of mind. Yeah. I go through, I go through phases where I, I think, okay, am I treating my girlfriend well enough? Am I giving my parents enough attention that, you know, they, they, they still realize that they have a son, you know, that, that was a big thing of, of mine. Like I was at a really low point, like two years ago. And then I made it up. I made a pact with myself that I would talk to my parents more. I would talk to my sister more. I would just bond with them more. Because mm-hmm. especially with with the knowledge that you know death is the only constant in this world, yeah. I I loathe the fact that you know that is a reality. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I hate I hate the idea that you know my parents won't live forever, and it's it's a reality that I had to accept, and that's what helped me to talk to them more and to grow closer with them because those are the those are my, my parents and my sister are three of the only people in my life that are there for life mm-hmm. they're there for the rest of my life and if I don't have good relationships with them that's then true. then I feel then I feel worse and um I'm at a point now where my relationships with my parents and my sister are are really good they're they're at they're at a point where I can actually go and talk to them and and be open about what I'm going through. My parents actually understand like what what mental health is. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister, uh, you know, she's in the same age age group as me, so she definitely understands. And yeah, like that's that's the those are the things that people or you know people like myself go through. Like the, you just doubt yourself, you doubt your relationships, and you doubt your your worth. Yeah, and doubting your worth is probably the worst of the oh, bunch. Yeah, it's a, it's a horrible feeling, and only you can understand right yeah like and it's like you could say that to somebody like i could tell you that oh i don't feel like i'm doing enough or mm-hmm. whatever and you can no you're definitely doing you're definitely doing enough like and, and whatever but you don't fully understand like people like people don't fully understand it unless they're in my shoes or unless exactly. they're in your shoes it's a, it's a, everybody's story is different everybody's problems are different the only similarities that that people have in, in terms of mental health is that everybody struggles. So people can, people can bond over that fact. People can help each other yeah. over that fact. People can, can talk about their mental well being, their depression, their anxiety and relate to it. Yeah. They can, they can help pick each other up. And that's the biggest thing for me. Like when I see people who are, who are you know sad and they post about it on social media, because it happens a lot more than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel a, I feel a sense of responsibility to reach out to them oh, and exactly. see, if, see if they're okay because I don't want, because I know what it feels like, mm-hmm. you know, like exactly. I know and I don't want them to feel like that. So that, that's basically what, uh, what I got to say. Yeah, about I 100% yeah. agree with you. That's really important to, to talk about. You did mention something about your parents and how they actually are learning more about, you know, mental health and how to actually support you in the way you need it, which reminds me, I don't know if I mentioned this in the beginning of the episode. Yes, we are talking about mental health, of course, but we're also talking about the influence that media has on our mental health. Um, you know, of course, media in terms of um, film, television, music, um, social media, or celebrity culture, that all affects the way you think, act, and behave, 
and maneuver into this world. And uh, I know David over here is really into um, film and television, as myself, of course, but I think he has a lot to say about, um, you know, personally speaking, of how that actually um, both helps him, but also hinders his mental health. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can talk about exactly how that actually helps you, if you want. Right. Um, I think with film and television, there's, there's there's more positives than there are negatives. The negative side of the spectrum is when I see things on, in film and movies or television, whatever, that I feel uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's more it's more things that like they don't they don't necessarily relate to me because because I've never been through it. Yeah, I've seen I've seen movies where people die. I've seen new movies where you know good people get like bad things happen to good people and. That that's the kind of things that I try to block out when I watch a movie because I'm there to enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. That, that's like my one or you know one of the only things that I have that I can actually escape the world that I'm living say, in. And it's go, a form of uh, escapism, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think if you're able to identify the difference between what you're comfortable watching and what you're uncomfortable watching, then you can actually like enjoy the experience more. Mm-hmm. Like and. And, and film and television for me are completely different entities with television. Like I try to, you know, as bad as this probably sounds like I, I, pro- I tend to stay away from the news. Like yeah. I get, I, I get informed, formed of the news by like other people. I don't, I don't necessarily watch it cause it's all negative stuff. I know and, mean, yeah. and it's, it, it's more, it's more so like, okay, I don't need to, I don't need to know that. I don't need to, because I'm, I'm emotional. Like I actually feel bad for, for the stuff that's happening around the world you empathize with it mm-hmm. and it's it's something that I, it's not it's not something that i'm ignoring just for the fact that i don't want to watch it it's the fact that i don't want to let it affect me exactly and you know it might be selfish it might be you know whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. but for me it's more that's a form of taking care of myself i'm yeah. avoiding that i know is going to be problematic for me and then when it comes to the positive sides of film and television it's like if anything like when you when you watch a movie that you genuinely believe is a work of art it's a masterpiece there's nothing wrong with it um then you feel good about it you feel good about you know taking an hour and a half two hours even three hours of your time watching something that you're just engrossed by and it's more and it's more so like you're excited to talk about it with other people you're excited to dive into the analysis of it like yeah. for me personally i like analyzing film i like analyzing tv shows uh, like one of my one of my favorite tv shows is breaking bad mm. there's so many things in that show that would negatively affect you if you if you are affected by certain things yeah which i won't spoil here for for anybody who hasn't <laughs> watched breaking bad, but if you haven't watched breaking bad i don't know what you're doing, I, so. I haven't seen it <laughs> oh my god my boyfriend loves it but i just I'm like okay, but you know, yeah, yeah. When when you watch something as good as Breaking Bad, you mm-hmm. just can't help talk about it with other people who have seen it, mm-hmm. and and it, and it's also it's also the same thing with with film. Like you know, I like to watch new films. I like to watch films that I haven't seen. There, there's there's a few films that I've watched recently that I was really excited to watch, and I was very ex- I was also very excited that the hype lived up to it. Which one? And, uh, I watched The Lighthouse the other day. Oh, um, Patterson. It is a fantastic film. It is some. It is something that I was just so like. It. I, I was enamored by it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, 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 there's. Why? Why were you so enamored by it? 
it's just that, you know, when you, there, there's certain points of like film where you realize that, okay, the director is doing something here and you could tell that they're doing something. But with, with the lighthouse, it, everything just flowed. Mm. It flowed so cohesively like a play. You don't notice that there are certain things that the director is doing that are different from like other directors. Mm-hmm. You're just so, so like involved in the story. You're involved with the dialogue and the characters that you don't notice those things. And that's what I like to, to see in film. I like to get so involved, in invested. It. Yeah. So invested in the world Yeah, yeah. because that's, that's the whole thing. Like if you build a good, a good atmosphere, a good world in your movie, yeah. it's going to be successful no matter what. Mm-hmm. Cherry on top is the characters and the dialogue. When you get, when you get, a couple of characters like the lighthouse is only two main characters who just go at it with each other. And the dialogue is so sharp and witty and you're just so like invested mm-hmm. in it. You're just trying to dissect what are they saying right here? It's just, it's films like that that make me feel good about being a fan of film and being a fan of it's, you. You just get so like, Oh my God, like I want to do that. I want to be able to, to write a story like yeah. that and go direct it and actually enjoy the experience. And that's basically what I I feel about with film and television. Okay, so the way I'm understanding this is that film and television, it actually helps with your own mental health journey, which is really interesting, and I'm really glad you're actually talking about it. For me, the way I thought about it was the actual content in film and television. <clears throat> so one show that stood out to me was 13 Reasons Why. Have you mm-hmm. seen it or heard about, about it? Yeah? Yes, yes unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, so I guess you didn't like it. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm half and half on it, but okay. go on. Well, yeah. So when you mentioned film and television, I thought, okay, what is something that stood out to me, um, you know, regarding mental health? And for those of you have, who have seen or heard about 13 Reasons Why, it's about a girl who unfortunately committed suicide because she was, one, bullied and two, uh, raped and sexually harassed, essentially. And she took her own life. And it shows you the, the um, repercussions of her her decision to end her life and how other people has reacted to that and um, see the way her, um, I believe she only had her mom. I don't think her dad was, I, I, I well, basically see how her parent has um, reacted to it and cope with it and um, the classmates of hers and how, you know, it affected their lives. And, you know, the way film and television has always been is that, uh, you know, previous years, mental health was not really talked about in film and television. Um, they didn't shed light on it. And the way film and television works is that it's a form of escapism, but also it's a way for, a, for us to relate to characters or to relate to situations or circumstances we all experience in life. And one thing that we all experience is mental health, of course. Um, so 13 Reasons Why was one of those shows where, I mean, it's not the first show to, you know, to display your mental health, but it was one of the shows that was recent that showed you what happens when someone takes their own life and what happens when someone's going through their own challenges. The show showed you or shed light on the challenges that um, everyone's facing, whether it's um, depression or anxiety or whatever it may be, right? I felt like it was a great opportunity for parents to learn more about what goes on in a young adult's or a teenager's life. And because it was such a controversial show showing you know suicide and everything i think it was also good because it was like a scare not scare tactic but it was more like it gets people talking you know i know you mentioned how your your parents you know they are they've been able to actually understand the way you feel and how to support you and they're very attentive to that and which is amazing because not everyone is lucky enough to have that support 
and shows like 30 Reasons Why and um, there's a lot of other shows I can't think of right now are great ways for the older generations to actually learn more about uh, what goes on, how to help and how to support and be able to connect with their, you know, their children or, or to anyone who, because um, not just young adults or t- teenagers face, you know, mental health issues. Of course, um, anyone could, you know, mental health is not um, age restricted or based on certain race or whatever it is and anyone and everyone could actually experience it. But I think um, shows right. like that really made me feel like this is great for parents. But I think for parents who are willing to actually understand and and take these as lessons is amazing. I'm trying to think about a, about a film. Oh, I guess like the film, what's that film with um the one with the boy who uh, came out as gay and was it oh, was based on a oh god i know exactly what you're talking about and his parents sent him to go uh to like conversion therapy oh, or no, something that's, actually that's a different one that's called boy erased yes yeah dare, <laughs> what's the other one it's called dare something dare... Uh, i have no i don't know <laughs> i don't know i don't know about that one <laughs> i'm blanking on it but, but essentially there's a lot of films and a lot of shows coming out where they're showing perspectives of, let's say, those who are LGBTQ and they are dealing with their own struggles of coming out. And a lot of, you know, media or what is it, televisions and movies are actually being more vulnerable about it and showing you different perspectives and different characters. And it's kind of putting more depth depth into the characters and I think it's amazing because those who are you know younger and growing up and seeing these characters being portrayed are able to feel like they can connect and that we're not so alone and I don't know what do you think about that do um, you see that as well I think I think it's a huge plus that uh, the media and Hollywood in, in general are being more more open to showing to telling these stories yeah because it makes it makes people more educated on exactly. the whole issue with mental health and everything. Um, I don't think all of them do a very good job with it. Like mm-hmm. the, that's the reason. That's the reason why I said I'm half and half on thirteen reasons why. Because I just I, I just feel like you know the the first season was good. The first season was very good and I enjoyed it. But I hate when I hate when shows take its its primary issue. And then evolve it into something that just kind of just very dramatic. Uh, yeah, it's very dramatic, and it kind of loses focus on what the actual main issue was at mm-hmm. first. Like the like the third season of Thirteen Reasons Why was just a complete mess for me. Like I just didn't, I just wasn't Wait, buying it. There's a third season. Yeah. Oh, I missed that one. Yeah, it's it's on Netflix. It wasn't. Good. Um, no, no, it was not. <laughs> okay. It was it was just, it was just so dramatic, and it just kind of it just lost focus on what the actual main issue was. Like of course, there's people in this in the season that are going through some shit, but the whole focus of first season of Thirteen Reasons Why, like that, there was this girl that committed suicide, and we're about to, and we're gonna find out why, mm-hmm. and that was interesting to me because you basically start out right in, you basically start right in the shit. You find out that she's that she's dead, and then you need, and then the audience is like, okay, why? Yeah. Why did she, why did she commit suicide? Um, so that's, that, that was an interesting storyline for me. It's just when it, when, when shows or movies forget about what their essential focus was, mm-hmm. then I'm kind of lost on it. No, I, I yeah. actually, I, I see what you mean. I think they got excited about the hype and they kind of wanted mm-hmm. to make it more like entertaining more so than, you know, real facts and real shit. So I do understand what you mean by that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess besides the shows and the television or the movies and everything, 
one thing that I think stands out to me the most is how huge of a role social media plays on our mental health. Like you said, I think to me, everything is a double-edged sword. Social media is both mm-hmm. good because it connects you with people, but also so toxic because social media is one of those places where people could be and say whatever they want, you know? And there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of standards. There's a lot of comparisons. There's a lot of all of that. And doesn't matter what age you are, you just can't help but feel like you're just either not good enough or yeah. there's a pressure of people's life but also social media is one of those things to where you only put the good things on there unless unless you're one of those people where i myself and i know you do you do this too i'm open to show both sides because what's the point of putting on this facet or only showing the good for me boring. Yeah. it's boring like i like to connect people i like to see if other people are able to relate to me and make me feel like this world's not so big the way social media plays a role in our mental health is probably the number one thing that I think of all the time. No, I, I, def- I definitely agree. I mean, there's, um, I guess, I guess for me, it's, it's more, I don't feel pressured by, by social media and I don't feel like there's any set standards that we need to follow mm-hmm. to, to be uh, a bigger on social media. I think that the, the biggest issue with social media is that people can and do say whatever they want. That, that is a big issue because, yeah, you could talk about your, your your mental problems and have people reach out to you, and that's always good. Mm-hmm. That's always good. You should always be able to to talk about what you're going through, no matter what. Yeah. I I'm, I'm a big proponent in that. Like, if you are going through some shit, you should tell somebody, or you should seek. A, or, like, I hate I hate the term seek attention because yeah, it, yeah. It, it's kind of, kind of a bad stigma to mm-hmm. that word, mm-hmm. uh, but. With me personally, like when I when I write stuff on social media that uh, basically shows people that I'm not okay, yeah, it's more it's more about me asking for help. It's more about me opening my heart out mm-hmm. to to basically a social media platform where you never know who's gonna say something. You don't know if somebody's gonna reach out to you and be like, "Hey, are you okay?" You're just kind of just yeah. you're just kind of just hoping and praying that somebody does because you don't want to feel like shit anymore. But the the big the biggest thing for me is that people do take social media a little too seriously, and they do take it as their life. Yeah. And like me, me personally, like I'm I'm I am on social media a lot, uh, but I do try to avoid it a little bit, especially when I do see really shitty things that I don't want to look at. Then I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna put my phone down. I'm yeah. gonna close my laptop. I'm just gonna go take a walk or something. Yeah, just to kind of clear my head. So it's you, you take the good with the bad, right? You it's good because you can reach out to people and people can reach out, but it's bad because you are just it's just so toxic. It is. Yeah, it's important to have a balance, to know when too much is enough. And a lot of people are I think for the younger generation, I keep saying that as like I'm old, but for those who are I guess in high school say mm-hmm. social media, when I mean social media, I mean like Instagram, Twitter, uh, do people use Facebook anymore? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. the likes, I guess so, yeah. The likes of uh, Instagram, even YouTube, of course, um, it's a huge platform. And these teenagers or those who are in high school are impressionable. You know, they are very much fascinated with what's going on on social media. And they want to keep up with the times. And they want to fit in. And, I mean, if you want to fit in, by all means, go for it. But I think there's always, it's important to have that balance of knowing when 
it's too much or when that, you know, take that step back and be like, okay, you know what? I don't feel happy or I don't feel good or this does not make me feel comfortable. And that, yeah. that's hard. That's very hard for those when you're younger. I know when I was younger, I cared a lot about fitting in. I cared a lot mm-hmm. about what, what people thought about me. And I think it's very natural for you to think that way and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think as you get older, taking that step back to reevaluate your life about what your self-worth is, what you want for yourself, what makes you truly happy, who you want to keep in your circle and who makes you feel good and uplifts you is super crucial and um, important to keeping yourself sane, you know, because no one's going to do that for you but yourself. And uh, that's really important to, to think about. I also think it's very important to to learn from it as well. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you learn from social media a lot. You, you, you learn a lot about, like me personally, I learned a lot about who, who the real people are. Because social media is also a place where people can be very fake and they just put on a facade of who they're really not. And that's super annoying to me. And it's, it's just like if you're going to be on social media and you're, you're going to try to be an influencer or something. And that's the biggest thing for me. Like if you're going to be an influencer and you're going to be fake and you're going to be uh, not yourself, then mm-hmm. you're, you're basically relaying that message to people who are watching you to the more impressionable people mm-hmm. that it's okay to be that way. And I don't like that. Like yeah. I, I would prefer to be my 100% self on social media and, and, and say what, and say what's on my mind and, and speak my mind about things that are important to me without having to think about any repercussions. Yeah. And going back to like, you find out like who, who, who's actually real with you. You do, you do, you do definitely see like who, who are the actual real people and who like, you know, just are just there just to exist. I remember back in high school, I always thought, okay, like I need to have as many friends as possible. I need to actually like have a big circle and whatever. And comparing that to now, like my circle is so small now and I oh, yeah. couldn't be happier about it. Same. It's just way, way less drama, way less bullshit. And, yep. uh, I actually feel comfortable talking about my, with my circle, yep. with my friend, with my friend group, because we all, because we've all, we've all known each other for so long, and we've all like we've all known what we what we have gone through, mm-hmm. and we've all have triumphed over some tough shit in our lives, and we know that if we, if there is ever a point where we're all one of us is down again, then everybody drops what they're doing, and they and they reach out to you and they ask you what the hell's going on. Yeah, because that that's important. Like you you gotta when you have a small circle like that, it's it's important to take care of each other. Because those, because those are the real ones. Those are the real people, the real friends that are going to stick around with you for a long time. That's awesome that you said that. I'm really happy that you've come to the point where that's possible. Because same for me. I I always thought um, having you know a large group of friends, it's great and all, but I can count the friends I have on my hands. It's literally three, including my boyfriend. So it's yeah. it's it's healthy. It's less stress, less drama, less issues. And I guess those who are actually able to understand your personal struggles is also important because not everybody will uh, understand or care for that matter. So I think it's really nice. You only kind of come to this conclusion when you get older and you really value your time, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the biggest thing too. Like time is precious and I'm not going to waste my time with people who aren't going to contribute to something positive mm-hmm. within my life. So yeah. What do you think about... And the reason why I'm going to ask this is because I, I guess I was one of those people that reached out to you when, you know, you're feeling low and everything. Because I, 
I care about people. Even if we don't talk all the time, if I see someone's low or not feeling their best, I'm not going to ignore that. So I reached out to you a couple weeks ago when you were, you know, posting and everything and seemingly, you know, what's up? And I remember we talked about the idea of seeking support or help from services like mental health services and therapy mm-hmm. let's say and I remember you had um hesitant about seeking services for me I think it's helpful I've actually myself have done that before only like one time and I think it's a great opportunity to experiment and see what works for you but I think it's amazing that there's op- there's uh, options out there for for those who are dealing with anything and everything under the moon so what do you think about seeking services like therapy or counseling um Okay, like for, for me, it's more I'm talking to a complete stranger about my issues, and it's there's always the there's always the thought in my mind that like okay, yeah, they're getting paid to help me, mm-hmm. but do they have to care? Um, that that that's the biggest thing for me. Like I I would much rather talk to somebody who has gone through this like the same or something similar to me, and then that and then they can relate to it. Uh, rather than a professional. And that's not to say that, like, you know, the professionals don't go through their own shit either. I feel like if I were to seek, like, professional help from services, the only way it would work for me was if they opened up to me as well and talked about something small even that they go through. Yeah, like Um, peer-to-peer mentor. Yeah, like, they're getting to do this. And I think... um, therapists and like service workers or whatever have a much will, will have a much easier time getting through to their their patients mm-hmm. if they talk to themselves a little bit and obviously there's only so many so much time in a session that you have with your therapist that you kind of just want to let out all your stuff and 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 act, and have them come to a conclusion about you i feel like a, th- a therapist would be much more successful if they open up about themselves a little bit just talk about what they go through, like even if it's so minuscule or you know something that that got them upset. That that's the biggest thing with with me. Like if you can relate yeah. to to other people, then you have a mu- then you'll have a much easier time uh, understanding and mm-hmm. understanding what they go through. And like you you can be completely like knowledgeable over on like psychology and and like all that, and you, you you'll be able to know how the brain works and whatever. But to really get into the to really get into the deep stuff with somebody, you have to be able to go there yeah. yourself. That's what I feel personally when when I talk to people. Like if I'm talking to somebody, I want to be able to connect and to and to understand what they are going through. Because like I said before and earlier, it's it's different what everybody goes through. People go through different things all the time. Yeah, exactly. and you're not you're not going to relate or understand everything. But if you can find just one thing, then you'll be you you will be successful in making that person's life a little bit better. I'm actually glad you say that because well because I I'm in the social service sector and I do have a degree in psychology which does not mean that I'm a professional or I'm better just want mm-hmm. to put that out there. Um but because I'm um I've worked in the field of nonprofits and I'm very much aware of the services out there. You I know you're mentioning that you think that in order for someone to actually connect or break through with somebody, it's important to have a mutual or peer-to-peer relationship with them. Yeah. There is actually so many services out there that actually do that. There's a lot of peer-to-peer mentorships. 
there's so many places in Toronto that offer services and uh, mental health uh, initiatives that they literally only hire people who have gone through and lived through their own experiences in order to help another. And I think that's amazing because I think in the past, or we do have services that are only like clinical counselors or therapists who, like you said, just buy the books and they study this. So therefore they are, they are certified or able to be a therapist or exactly. And I think it's not maybe as helpful or as progressive for someone who actually wants somebody who has gone through similar experiences um, as them. So I'm glad you mentioned that because I think over the years, there have been new uh, organizations that are actually thinking about how do we actually help individuals who are going through depression, anxiety, PTSD, uh, whatever it may be, right? With someone who actually is able to connect to understand. Because I'm sure, like you said, you yourself maybe have, I'm not too sure, of course, have looked into services and been like, no, like, who are these people? I, they don't know what I'm going through. How are they going to help? But I know that there's a lot of places out there like Eva's Initiative or um, Stella's Place because these are places I've applied to um, yeah. or P- Progress Place uh, where they actually have people who've gone through lived experiences and are able to help them through their own personal struggles. So I think that maybe if people um, knew more about that, then it wouldn't be so, it wouldn't be like a negative connotation that therapy or counseling isn't helpful. I mean, I guess this is my way of telling you as well um, that there's good, not always just bad, you know? Did you know about that before? No, I actually didn't. That, that, that's why, that, that's news to me. Yeah, it, it's only, the only reason why I don't know about it is because I never openly researched it. Of course. I never, I, I never like thought about it like that. No, yeah. It's just, I'm very, I'm very stubborn <laughs> and... <laughs> And, uh, and like I, I get to a point where I'm just like, okay, like you know, that's what I think, you know, kind of thing. But I'm actually kind of glad that you informed me on that. It's pretty, it's pretty helpful information. So. Yeah, because I've, I've, so I've talked to my parents about this before. How okay, like family members would say they understand as well. And a lot of the times, um, especially from brown cultures, let's say they don't believe in therapy. They don't believe in counseling because, like you said, they think that like how is a stranger going to help their problems? Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should meditate or, oh, I understand how you feel. Anything else? You know, that's just how they think it is, like how they can help them. And then the more I learned about what's out there and the kind of help and support there is, the more they actually kind of felt like, okay, maybe this is an option. You know, it's not just black and white. There's a lot of opportunities or options out there. And I think if more and more people knew about that, then maybe, you know, wanting to actually get the help or support will be much more prominent if that makes sense or just you know people will be more willing to do so yeah no i I definitely get that too because people at the end of the day people do want to connect and they do want to relate and they're not gonna open up to somebody who you know hasn't gone through something Mm -hmm. i mean like it's more like if i if i if somebody reaches out to me like on social media or whatever and asks me what's what's going on I would need to. I would need to know that they've gone through something as well. I know. I know just with you that when when you when you message me, I know that you know your your dad had recently passed, which I'm very sorry for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew th- I knew that I could open up to you, mm-hmm. and I I knew that you know I have also lost loved ones. I've lost both my grandparents within two years of each other, so it was just to add to it. Like that that was probably where my anxiety and my depression reached up a peak like that 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 was where I was just done I just couldn't I couldn't be I couldn't be emotionally stable anymore after that 
But being able to talk to somebody like you who has experienced that mm-hmm. was so much, it was so much easier for me to open up and for me to actually talk about it. Cause I know, cause I know there's going to be no judgments. There's going to be no, no kind of like shitty, you know, a couple of sentences here and there of responses. Mm-hmm. Like you, you actually sent me full paragraphs. <laughs> yes, I did. Which is extremely helpful. And I appreciate it. Yeah, but it's the it's it's the fact that you know when when you when you find that one thing that you can un- relate to and you know you have a mutual understanding of mm-hmm. then you're more like you could be more easily open about your emotions and your feelings and that's super important because bottling everything in is the worst thing you can do mm-hmm. i have bottled stuff in so many times because i felt that my emotions and my problems were just burdens to, to other people. And I know full well that people go through their own problems as well. And I don't want to add to that. That's, yeah. that, that's sometimes the mentality I have, especially when, when people reach out to me that I don't know. Like if people, like if somebody reaches out to me and says, Oh, Hey, are you okay? I'm like, Oh, like, I, I wish I could talk to you about this, but I don't know if you want, I don't know if you're going to understand yeah, because I've because I've never because people people aren't as open about their feelings on social. Not everybody is. Not not okay. everybody likes to do that, and that's totally fine. But you know, like I said, if if you can reach a point in a conversation with somebody where you have a mutual understanding of each other's problems and, and you you relate to it, there's definitely something to be said about that. You could definitely find some help in that conversation, even if it's just a short five minute conversation. I think it's really important. I'm glad you mentioned that. And I think a lot of people should find it in the heart to not be afraid to reach out to somebody. It doesn't matter if you talk to them every day. It doesn't matter if you'd never talked to them before or you talked to them last year. You being able to reach out to them can help drastically. And I hope that me reaching out to you was something of value. <laughs> no, it definitely was. And it, it, it definitely helped that, you know, we've known each other for a long time. Exactly. And yes. There's history, I guess, you know. Yeah, there's history. And, you know. Yeah, there was a long period of time where we didn't talk to each other, but it's not like we we stopped talking over exactly. something bad. Yeah, it was it was just life. Life happens, you know. <laughs> but it's it's the initial starting point of of the relationship and the friendship that matters for me. Like especially if somebody from like elementary school messages me, and I know for sure that we had some kind of relationship back then. Mm-hmm. Then I know that I can be. A little bit open with them i can be myself i can be comfortable yeah way different when like somebody from you know the united states messages me and i'm like i don't know who you are <laughs> i appreciate you reaching out but it's like oh, how do i yeah, how do i see how do i open my heart out to to somebody like that because it's it's very hard it's yeah. very hard for people to just open up their heart and reveal everything and obviously, obviously, like I don't, I don't reveal everything to to people in one conversation. Yeah, exactly. Because like every everything that everything that I go through is like a fucking book. Like it's it's like four hundred pages of a lot. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean, like it's a lot. So I mean, you know, you you talk about what's going on in your head at that particular moment. Mm-hmm. You enough. don't really, yeah, you, you don't just open up your your heart and soul to somebody on a you know just because they reached out to you. Yeah, yeah, whatever you're comfortable with, right? Yeah, whatever you're comfortable with. That's exactly yeah. it. There, there is something that we didn't cover. What? Music. Oh, music. Oh, my God. Music is a huge influence on it. Go ahead. Take, take the Oh, my part. God. Oh, my God. Where do I even begin? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I have been a listener of music for as long as I can remember, as I'm sure everybody in the world has. Yeah. Well, it wasn't until I joined a band uh, 12 years ago 
where I finally found my voice, I guess. I was able to use my experiences and use my my mental health issues and put it forward into something creative and put it forward into something that can be helpful towards myself and other people. For example, I I released a, I released like a short four song EP five years ago uh, around this time actually, um, and there's one song on it where I talk about mental health mm-hmm. and I talk about my 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 experiences and what I feel like and it, it, it's not so literal as mm-hmm. it sounds, but just just the what I was going through in that time. I also wrote a song about my grandfather who just passed away at that. Like I, I literally went into the studio the day after he passed away and I went to go record it. It was a very raw, it was a very emotional recording session. Yeah. Like, it, oh, and Mason was the one who recorded me. Oh, nice. Very cool. Yeah, he, he was the one that recorded me. And funny enough, Mason's that, that a friend was of ours, by the way. Yeah, exactly. And um, it was so funny because that day he had he had set up the microphone and created like a little box using like these like tablecloths or towels or whatever and just kind of kind of hid me from from sight mm-hmm. from plain view and there there was a moment in the song where i was recording my vocals where i broke down oh, no. i broke down i started crying it was it was the rawest most emotional like experience like musically that i've ever had and mason had to literally stop the stop the tape and and say are you okay back there? Mm-hmm. I go, yeah, just, uh, just give me a second. Like I'm, you know, it's kind of, it's huge. Yeah. It's kind of a big deal. I and I, 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 I thank him as much as I possibly can for, for giving me that opportunity to have an outlet, to have something that I can release some emotion in. Mm-hmm. And as a creator and as a, as a musician, you do bring your real life experiences into the, into the, the lyrics, into, into the music and the, the writing of it is very, is very much influenced by your experiences. And as a listener of music, you find that, uh, you find that you can relate to somebody just by listening to their exactly. words. Like for example, that, that post I posted on Instagram today where everybody was freaking out. Um, the lyric was, uh, well, the ones I love, forgive me for leaving too soon. When I heard that lyric for the first time on the, on that song, it sent chills down my spine. I don't even know this guy, mm-hmm. and I relate so much of what he's saying. It's so it's so easy to get lost in in music as much as you can get lost in film and television. One hundred percent. Yeah, because you can you can read the words and you can listen to the to the music and feel like you're in a safe place. Yeah. You, you feel like you relate to somebody and you can get to know them. By not even saying a single word to each other. That's true. You can just listen to what they're going through and and relate to it and you feel a little bit better. So music is definitely the most cathartic thing about uh, entertainment for I think, me. I, I agree. I think music um, is a huge component of being able to feel and connect. I know that when I'm going through my lowest of times or I'm really emotional or fragile, I listen to music and I just I feel like I can connect or I feel at peace. Or, you know, crying is good. Crying, letting out your emotions is very healthy and cathartic and therapeutic. And music does that for me. And um, one, I don't know if you saw the Grammys. I don't really watch that stuff. But I happened to watch it this time because we're all Billie Eilish. (laughs) And Demi Lovato performed her song called Anyone. And I was just blindly watching and listening to it. And first off, she started off performing. And the first line she had to stop because she was crying 
and now it's like that for me that that made me feel like wow like she's feeling you know she's emotional and I thought it was a big deal for her to go up there and then she started mm-hmm. singing and listening to her words and the way she performed it I cried and I don't cry during performances but I at this cried this time and I'm just like I felt I felt the emotions. Um, obviously, Demi Lovato has gone through her own struggles as recovering addict and whatnot. And um, she actually wrote the song four days before her overdose. And I thought that the meaning behind the, the song and and how beautifully she sang it, I, it got to me and I cried. And it really makes you reevaluate your emotions and just be like, wow, like, I, I don't know her personally, but I know that she's been dealing with shit. And this song was that escape for her or a way of letting the world know like hey i i i need help you know is anyone listening and yeah i just i think it's so beautiful yeah it's it's so like i feel like music is the rawest and a human being can get emotionally Mm -hmm. in in film everything is fictional and it's it's dramatized or whatever however the word's pronounced um and in music, you're you're basically putting your heart on display, and you're you're letting the world know, hey, this is what I'm going through. Is anybody gonna listen? I know that I know that when I when I wrote my my album and when I did the stuff with the band, I was writing from a place of darkness, and I was writing from a place of like I was not okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just, just just to put it lightly, I was not okay during the writing sessions of those songs. But it was therapeutic and it was cathartic and it made me feel better about the things that I went through. I think going through things and when when there's an aftermath of it, you have to find some kind of acceptance of it. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, like if I if I go through through a rough day at work and I I cry at work or I I, I get in an argument with a coworker and I get stressed out, then I try my best to to leave it there. Yeah. I tried to leave it at work and not bring it home. It's way easier said than done because there have been times where I've I've lashed out at people for work issues that I shouldn't have done and I regret it every single day. With with music, just going back to music, it's it's the most cathartic and therapeutic thing you can do even as a listener, even if you're not a creator of music, exactly. being a listener of music, which, you know, most sane people in the world are, <laughs> you get to, you get to experience not only just the, the, the compositions and the melodies and, and everything mm-hmm. like that, everything's beautiful about that, but there is beauty in listening to somebody pour their heart out into a song. Because that's their song. That mm-hmm. is their experience. And they're letting the world know, listen, this is what I've gone through. Like, I've gone through some shit. And these are people who, like, you don't know. Yeah. And, you know, nine times out of ten, you will never know them. You will never meet them or whatever. But you get you get to know them through their music. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, it, it, it is It is so like, – it's hard for me no, to – I know to, what you like, mean. It's like one song and their story can be another person's – like they can they could relate to that, and it could be two completely different people, but that song could just mean so much to somebody and help them throughout their their own journey and their own struggles. And I think that's such a powerful tool to have. And I know that you are also a musician. You make your you write your own music and you play your own music, and that helps you with your own mental health struggles and journey. And I don't write songs, but I mean I listen to music, of course. And whether you're you're a, a creator of music or a listener of music, music is such a powerful tool. 
in one's mm-hmm. mental health journey. I'm glad you actually mentioned that because that's one of the most um, significant and, and, and prominent um, way of actually taking care of yourself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's very like, like you ever listen to a song where like you get like halfway through it and you have to pause for a second. Oh, you're yeah. just like, oh, yeah. you're just like, wow. Like you're not like, you're not only just impressed by the music, you're impressed by the story they're telling or, or I'll, or I'll get to the end of a, of an album and the entire time, like I just don't even pause. I just go all the way through it. And I just haven't, I have a listening experience when you get through something like that. And the album is actually produced well, it's made well, you you feel like oh my god like i just experienced something beautiful i don't i know i'm getting a little deep on that but no uh, this is why this podcast is you know what this is why i or one of the reasons why i created this podcast because i want to talk about real shit and things that matter to me or that are important to me and mental health is one of them i've always been a huge advocate of mental health and i feel like um a lot of people in my circle or a lot of people who i follow online they are open about it and they're vulnerable and I love it and I think it's such an important factor in our lives and um yeah this episode was something I was looking forward to but also really nervous to talk about because there's a lot of shit to talk about it's it's such a a deep topic you know and I'm glad I have someone like you who have gone through their own things and are still here and are doing amazing things and being able to actually be vulnerable and talking about it so yes let me just say something um I feel like people who who are going to listen to this and they're going to feel like they can't talk to anybody. Uh, you definitely can. You can, you can reach out to even, even your closest friend and they will totally understand you. So if anybody's listening to this and you feel like you can't talk to anybody about what you're doing, about what you're going through and you feel like you're, there's nothing, there's no like light at the end. And I'll trust me when I tell you that there is, you're going to go through a lot of stuff. Life is not easy, man. Nope. It's not, it's not easy, but the people around you will make it a lot easier. So please never be afraid to, to reach out because you may not, you may not think you're worth something, but you are worth more than you. Please reach out to your friends and please take care of yourself. You're going to make a girl cry over here. Thank you for that, David. I think that's a perfect way to end this episode. But yes, uh, we talked about what mental health means to us, uh, why it's important, the role that media plays on our mental health, and I guess new ways to reach out for help, and the way music has helped us in our journey of mental health. So we talked about a lot of things, and you open up about a lot of things, and I'm going to say thank you because I honestly, I appreciate it. It's not easy to open up. Well, for you, I, I know you're comfortable with it, so I'm, I'm very thankful that you are because I wanted someone to be open about it on this episode and not shy away from, you know, the nitty gritty. So thank you so much for actually talking to me about it. I learned a lot about your own struggles and your own personal stories. And I think you learned hopefully things about myself as well. But for anyone who's listening, I hope that what whatever we said in this episode, you learned something at least and the words that we said resonated with you. And that if you are someone who's dealing with your own struggles or you don't even know if you are or not, don't be afraid to open up to another friend. Don't be afraid to seek services, even if you're a little bit hesitant, hesitant about it. Do your research. You know, there's so much out there to learn. Also, if you see someone who's struggling, be that voice, be that helping hand, and do not be afraid to say something, a word or two, because you never know how much of an impact you make on them. 
been a great yeah so once again um thank you david for being on this episode and i I, i'm so excited for people to listen to this episode thank you so much for listening and tuning in into this episode of caffeine out with myself yuda maharaj